Welcome back, fam, to That One Sports Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Wilson. You know who I always have with me, my brother from another mother, Chris Hale. Super excited for the show today. Uh, Also, please don't forget to follow us. We are on Instagram and Facebook, so please go like and give us a follow so you can get current information from That One Sports Podcast. So, Chris, my guy, what do we got for the show today? We got some good stuff for everybody here. We're going to start off as the NBA season continues to unfold here. And kind of as we get towards the end, we're going to go over the NBA playoff seating, the top four from each conference. We're going to talk about if the Lakers miss the playoffs, what does that do for LeBron's legacy if they miss? We're going to discuss NCAA preview for March Madness, seating and whatnot. NFL free agencies on the docket today. A lot of crazy stuff happened today. And last but not least, NFL free agency as far as our main topic. And then like we do every single podcast, we will end with kind of a a fun little thing. We're going to talk about the top five current NBA duos, superstar duos in the league. So let's go ahead and kick it off with NBA playoff seating. Yes, sir. All right, let's jump right into the NBA playoff seeding. Top four for each conference. And these are more so guesses what we think the seeding is going to be when the playoffs start here in about a month. I'm going to start with the Eastern Conference first. I think that the Celtics are going to surprise some people and become the one seed. Oh, I think Milwaukee is going to come down to the two seed. I think Philly will hold pretty tight at the three seed. And I actually think the New York Knicks are going to take Cleveland in the four seed. What say you, Mitch, on the Eastern Conference as it kind of winds down and we get to the playoff season? Man, I'll tell you what. I have to say I tend to agree with you. Um, I really love Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Them were two studs. I'm sure we were going to be talking about those two a little later. And the reason why I like those guys is because they have a one-two punch. I mean, Obviously, Giannis is great, but I don't feel like he has that bona fide number two. And so I think that they overtake them because of that. And yeah, I feel like New York's playing really well right now. So um, I I definitely see them jumping up uh, to the four spot. And I think uh, essentially Philly stays at three and they're just going to continue to maintain what they've been doing because they've got Embiid and James step back Harden. Yeah, I I think from a regular season perspective, James Harden always comes out and does well. It's always a just a guessing game what he's going to do when the playoffs begin. So I I think that'll be very interesting to see what the 76ers do once they get there. But for today, we're only talking about seeding. So I agree with you. From a Western Conference perspective, I have Denver running away with the one seed. Now with uh, Jaw Morant being out a couple games, they were the only ones that was really in striking distance. They were six and a half games back from the one seed. I think Denver claims the one seed. I think Memphis will stay and hang on with the number two. Even without Jaw, they do have a great team around there. So I think that will end up working out well for them. Sacramento, I think, is going to get up Staged by Phoenix. I think Phoenix takes the three seed, and I think Golden State will actually take Sacramento as well and be the four seed. So kind of some controversy. 
I know Sacramento's 37 and 26. Golden State is four games behind them. I think Golden State's about to go on a run. So I've got <laughs> oh, you, uh, I've got Denver, Memphis, Phoenix, and Golden State as my top four. I find that I, a little ironic because if my memory serves me right, I believe it was a few uh, episodes back where we talked about who were our sleepers and who was my sleeper. At the time who was at, I believe that the 9 or 10 spot was Golden State Warriors. And I said, what are they going to do when Steph gets healthy? And what I say, I said they was going to go on a run, and that's exactly what they doing. Because that – All right, so what do you got them doing? The one seed, two seed, what you <laughs> okay, got, Okay, so uh, I agree with you. I think that, <clears throat> that I believe they come up and they get to the four seed – I agree with you. I see Phoenix uh, overtaking Sacramento. Um, I think I actually think Phoenix has a spot, has a chance. I'm sorry to if they play really, really, really well. I think they can jump up to the two seed, depending on how long Jaws out. If he's only out two or three games, not. But if he's out an extended amount of time, and Phoenix gets hot, I can see them taking the two seed. And then I would have Sacramento falling down into the into the five seed. But I do think that Denver hangs on to that one seed. I think they they are definitely the best one of the best teams in the West. So I think that they have an amazing shot and are definitely gonna hang on to the one seed going into the playoffs. All right, now you know we're talking NBA playoffs and I mean, let's just be completely honest. Uh the Lakers are 14 and a half games back at this point, and especially with Braun being hurt, does the Lakers not making the playoffs this year hurt LeBron's legacy? In my opinion, it doesn't, simply because of the fact that since he broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record this year, I feel like for him in this season, that's the only thing people will want to focus on because that's what he did. Now, in my opinion... I think it does. I think the overall opinion of a lot of other people, uh, they'll say no. But in my opinion, it does because you're supposed to be arguably, if not the best player in the NBA. And to me, that means I don't care if you get in as the last seed of the ter- of the NBA playoffs. You have to make the playoffs. It's just plain and simple. With your ability, especially... I mean, having a guy like AD, who's obviously he's in and out hurt, but just because of who you are and your skill set and what you've done in the past, like in my opinion, LeBron and the Lakers not making the playoffs is essentially inexcusable. Because when you talk about great players, they are held to a different standard than everybody else. Michael Jordan is held was held to a different standard. Could you imagine if he would have? played um another full season with the Bulls and all of a sudden they just didn't make the playoffs. Like that that would have been just atrocious. So um I think the overall viewpoint from a lot of people is they'll say no, but in my opinion, yes, because you're arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Your team needs and has to make the playoffs. Year in year Absolutely. in, year out. And year in, year out. And so I am not a apologist for any person that I love. Tom Brady, I tell people all the time, he didn't pass Montana in my book until he got to four rings. He had to tie him, right? 
one thing I love about being a fan of Tom Brady is that there is no ifs with him. You know, there's so many ifs with LeBron and some of these other people that they love. Well, he dragged a sorry Cleveland Cavalier team to the, yeah, but he got swept. So you can't just say that didn't exist. It happened. Agreed. Well, it was his first year with Miami. No, but he got beat and shrunk in the biggest moment against Dallas. It happened. Oh, absolutely. Right? You can't you do can't that. Take away that. You can't take away that his fourth championship that he won was a completely different and will never be done again. So when someone tries to discredit his bubble championship, don't be so upset. That was such a unique thing. There will always be an asterisk by that. So whether or not you think it was the hardest or not, people are going to remember that was such a unique and a weird championship. And it's not even the fact that they played not in front of fans. It's people don't realize they didn't even have their basketball resumed until like July or August. The finals that year was in October. That's how crazy it was. And here's another little nugget for you. That year he won, LeBron and AD were both hurt. So if the playoffs would have started like they're normally supposed to, there's not a guarantee that year that he won that they would have even been healthy enough to play in the playoffs. So odds are they probably wouldn't even have won that championship if it would have stayed as a regular season. It didn't, and it happened. I get that, and I'm not going to discredit. It's a championship there. He's got four, right? It happened. I'm a Jordan guy. I'm not going to take away his two years for the Wizards. He played. He was man enough to put his shoes on. You got to take all the things that come with it. So this is why I think it will hurt his legacy. Even though he is injured and he's played just a little bit over half the games this year, this is why it hurts. When you're talking about a GOAT debate, splitting hairs matters. Jordan only missed the playoffs two times in his career. And don't give me this, oh, he was 20 games under 500 and he made the eight seed in 1986. Okay, LeBron's now missed the playoffs if he misses this year three times when they are literally allowing 10 seeds to get into the playoffs. Just repeat that. There's only 16 teams in a Western conference or in the conference, right? 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, sorry, 15 teams. And they let 10 of them in. So that means for three <laughs> years, you were in the bottom five of your conference. That is horrible. So when people say, oh, well, Jordan had this. Okay, Jordan never wasn't in the top 10 of right? his seating. Like, are you kidding me? So that's why I think it hurts LeBron's legacy. Him getting the scoring record is great, and I think the true LeBron fans are going to say this season really didn't matter. But no one cares that you became the all-time leading scorer because what it boils down to is rings. What it boils down to is how you did in the playoffs. So to answer that question, I 100% believe they don't make the playoffs this year. It hurts him just because of the the, the new format. If you can't get in as one of the 10 teams – in a conference, and you're supposedly supposed to at least be the top five player still in the NBA, you've got some explaining to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just kind of like, you know, like the NFL, you know, they have more teams in now than ever. So if you have an elite level quarterback and he's not making the playoffs, he's essentially held to that to that same standard because, like you said, you know, they're allowing 10 seeds in. 
That's crazy. And the fact that you can be a top 10 team in your own conference, I mean, that's just completely inexcusable because you're supposed to be arguably the best player in the league, best top five player. Like you have to figure out a way to drag your team to the playoffs, no matter what happens. Absolutely. And and they do have a great shot to get in. They're at 31 and 34. They have the same record as Utah. They're only separated by two and a half games from the six seed, only three games separated from the five seed. So it's just a cluster in the Western Conference. It's going to be really fun to see over the next month how all that lines out. Jumping from one, it's the same sport, but jumping from one league to another here, we're going to stick with basketball, but going to the NCAA preview. March Madness is fantastic. I don't know a sports fan that doesn't love March Madness. Even the casual fans love filling out a bracket. Hell, even the ones that aren't fans <laughs> love making brackets, right? Everyone gets on ESPN and see if they can create the right bracket. Some women only pick teams because of their colors <laughs> or because of their mascot <laughs> name. Some men, you know, stay true like you are probably going to pick Mizzou to win the whole thing. But we'll talk about that <laughs> here in a little bit. You ain't bit. never lie. <laughs> you ain't never lie, right? So – I can't wait for it to happen next Tuesday. We know that's kind of the first four, and then Thursday will kick off the the true madness where everybody wants to play hooky and stay home and watch the wonderful conference. What do you think about the projected one seeds? And we will talk about the local teams a little bit. Sure. But first off, what what do you think about these projected one seeds? I would say I agree. Um, so as of right now, according to ESPN, Joe Lenardi, the – NCAA tournament bracket uh, guy. Um, he's been doing this for a long time. As of right now, as of today, the projected one seeds are Kansas, UCLA, Alabama, and Houston. And as of right now, they have Kansas as the projected overall number one seed. Um, I agree. Um, I've definitely seen Kansas play this year. I've seen Alabama play this year because they're in the SEC. I've only seen a couple games from Houston this year but they've only lost like two games. Um, I do know that they have amazing guard play, and that makes sense as to why they're so good because in the tournament, in my opinion, guard play is absolutely vital. And um, UCLA has been, in my opinion, they've been super solid for the last, I'd say, handful of years. Uh, They always have a great team every year. Haven't really gotten to see a lot of their games just because simply they they are on the West Coast, and so they're playing a lot later than in games here but i would say i definitely agree w- with the one seeds um i definitely think that all four ones have a possibility of of getting to the final four i will say it'll be interesting to see what one seeds get who they get in their bracket because in my opinion i think there are a re- some really good two and three seeds that i could definitely definitely see depending on the matchup upsetting um the the projected one seeds this year Absolutely. March Madness is all based off of matchups. And we say that in a lot of sports, and I think it does matter. Just like there's boxing styles that match up, there are just some teams that you match up really well against, and there's teams that you just don't. The style of play that you have doesn't match up very well. Kansas, to me, out of all the one seeds, I'm only going to stick with my pick, what we did like three weeks ago. I do think Kansas is going to repeat but UCLA is a sneaky number one to me. It's going to depend on where they're put in and what region they are and, of course, what side of the bracket they're going to be in. But outside of the one seed, 
I think it's pretty deep. I Agreed. mean, March Madness is, is that way for a reason, but it's one of those years where I think your betting money would go through Kansas just because they're experienced. It almost seemed like there was parts of the season that they were waiting for the March Madness tournament. You know what I mean? Like where they just didn't seem interested in some of these games. They almost, you know, didn't do very well even in the Big 12. Big 12 is a is a great conference this year. I don't want to take anything away, but there was times that Kansas just did not look interested. Oh, in what? Oh, was yeah, I can completely agree with that because, like I said, um, the woman who I love more than anything is a KU fan, so I've watched a lot of their games, and you can definitely tell in the games that they're interested. In the games are not like like this last uh, game that they lost to Texas. They seemed very uninterested just because simply the fact that they know even if they lost, they still you know, regular season Big 12 champs. So they seemed very uninterested. I will say I really like uh, Kansas State as a three seed. And if they get put in the same bracket as UCLA or Houston, I could really see that, or even Kansas. I mean, to be completely honest, any of whatever bracket Kansas State is in, I think they have a really good chance to go to the Elite Eight or Final Four. K-State has already beaten Kansas this year once. And so... And that was a super tight game. So I feel, especially if K-State gets into the bracket as Houston, I think that K-State has a really good shot to upset Houston just because simply the fact that the Big 12, in my opinion, is probably the best conference when it comes to NCAA basketball. So they've played, all those teams have played a juggernaut of a schedule. So Kansas State seeing Houston or Alabama or UCLA to them that would just be another Big 12 matchup for them and so I think that they have a really good shot to go to to the Elite Eight or and and Final Four and I'll be honest with you Mitch I wouldn't be shocked with how good the Big 12 was this year if someone from the Big 12 hoist the championship whether it's Kansas K-State you know the how good they were it was almost like that conference is the most battle tested. Absolutely. Madness. That that plays a huge, huge role, I think, in the overall outcome. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, fun. I agree. And fun. then also you think about it, Texas is also a really good two seed as well. So depending on who they get paired with in, in the bracket, that's gonna be super interesting too. Because again, Texas has has already beat Kansas this year. And in my opinion, if you can beat Kansas, you can probably beat UCLA, Alabama, and Houston as they come with their A game. So also we kind of already talked about the the local team except for Mizzou. As of right now, Mizzou is projected as the eight seed, which I'm not gonna go off on a rant, but I kind of feel I, I feel I feel <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go off on a rant, but Missouri as an eight seed I felt that is very disrespectful. In my opinion, I believe they're a seven or a six. Um I think in my opinion they should be ranked. They have a handful of of wins versus eight uh, versus the top 25, including Kentucky, who's ranked at like 22, 22 or 23, and they have a better record than Kentucky. But also what I found very interesting about Mizzou as the eight seed, as of right now, Joe Lenardi has them in the same bracket as KU. And that game, if it was to be played, because if the one seed advances and the eight seed advances, because the eight plays the nine, the one plays the eight. And as of right now, if this happens, that game would happen because they're in the Midwest region, and that game would happen in Des Moines, Iowa. And that, I mean, the NCAA tournament games already have already sold out, but that game would be an absolute hot ticket because if you think about it, it's only 
from the KC area. It's only about two and a half hours away. And same for Lawrence and yeah. then for Columbia, it's just maybe another hour or two. So if that ends up happening and Mizzou plays KU the second round in the tournament, that's going to be a big draw in Des Moines, Iowa. And I would be tempted to go. Probably wouldn't. But all I'm going to say is this, okay? And we can move on. If that happens and Missouri figures out a way to beat KU, KU fans are going to not want to talk to me for till next March Madness. I don't care how many championships you won. I don't care that you won the championship last year. If you lose to Missouri in the second round as a one seed, just hope and pray that does not happen. You just sound like a true misery fan. Oh, I mean Missouri. Oh. <laughs> uh, you want to know what, you know, at this point, I will say, though, I am super happy with, with Dennis Gates. I think he's done an amazing job in a year to turn the program around. And, and a lot of people don't realize Mizzou has, as of right now, they have the 21st ranked recruiting class coming in. So they have won 23 games already this year, and they have a top 25 recruiting class coming in. So I'm super excited. Only, again, only Mizzou fans would get excited about being in the top 25 when these other powerhouses are like number one, number two, number three, and they're already good. But you got you being like, you know what? We've got the 21st hey, ranked team. Hey. Yeah, you know how far down that is, like in basketball? That means you're not hey, even getting the it's, blue it's, chip. It's better than not being in the top 25 at all. I tell you that because Conzo Martin, I guess because so. dude, Conzo Martin couldn't bring nobody. Dude, the, uh, the top recruits when Conzo Martin was the coach here ended up going to uh, North Carolina and Duke. Well, who landed Michael Porter Jr.? Oh, dude, the only reason why that happened was because Michael Porter. It, it did happen, but it okay, happened. okay, we did get okay, and what well, he played of all five seconds and hurt his back, and he was done. That's blue chip that you guys have probably ever had in what the last 10 years an actual blue chip oh yeah 100 percent. yeah four or five star rated just for everybody listening to this because we don't really know who listens to this if they're always local you may not know the the geographical layout of kansas city it confuses a lot of people there's a kansas city kansas kansas city missouri it's literally separated by a river so for people listening to this that may not understand why we're both from Kansas City and I don't really like the Missouri team and we both live in Missouri, Mitch already alluded to it. We are actually closer to Lawrence, Kansas than we are Columbia, Missouri. So there's a lot of KU fans in this area because we are closer to Lawrence, Kansas, where KU plays than we are to Columbia, Missouri. And then Mizzou made that move to SEC which now they play even more schools from the South while Kansas stayed in the Big 12, which still allows them to play Iowa, Iowa State. So there's a, a lot more of the Midwest love going on around here. I just thought that was an important sure. nugget because we are closer to KU. Unfortunately, so. yes, we are closer to KU. Awesome. And then, yeah, so yeah, let's uh, jump in. No, baby, let's get ready okay. on this NFL free agent. So up next on the docket, we're going to get into the NFL free agency. And, oh, some things have happened today. You have Derek Carr signing with the Saints a four-year deal worth $150 million. I think that's a really good fit for him. He's got, I think so. he's got a good running back. He's got... Good receivers. Uh, Chris Olave is in his will be in his second year. I think he's an absolute stud. Michael Thomas, if he can ever stay healthy anymore, 
if they can get Michael Thomas healthy with Chris Olave, that team's going to be good because I feel like Derek Carr doesn't get the respect that he deserves. I think he's a quality starter in, 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 in the NFL. And so I think that is going to be a great fit for him. So he's going to have receivers. He's going to have running back. He's going to be playing in the dome, which obviously is always great as a quarterback. So you know that at least half of your games, the weather conditions are not an issue. So I think, and obviously they obviously liked Derek Carr as well, because I mean, for four years, $150 million, I mean, that's, so they must have really liked him as well to give him that type of money. Well, I think he's the first big domino to fall, you know, and I wouldn't necessarily call him a big domino maybe. Maybe that's the wrong terminology. I think Aaron Rodgers is probably the biggest domino with Lamar Jackson from a quarterback perspective. But Derek Carr going to where he went I think is perfect. Even the Saints' defense may not be as established as the Jets, but you've alluded to this. Look at the weapons he has with the Saints. I don't think Alvin Kamara is done. He is probably the best back that Derek Carr's ever had as far as a just jack-of-all-trades, being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got Chris Olave. Who knows what happens with Michael Thomas? O-line is decent. It's not what I would consider great, but it's pretty good. And then their defense is young and hungry, and I think they have enough pieces to be good. And why it's such a good move for Derek Carr who from the NFC South is really going to threaten the Saints? I think by them signing Derek Carr, it's a shoe-in that they're going to win the division and they're going to go to the playoffs. I think Carolina may give them a run for their money, but who knows where they're at from a quarterback or anything perspective, right? Then you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they're going to be just trash. They might eventually get the number one pick in next year's draft. 100% agree. Absolutely. So the teams that were even in there that gave them their run for their money, Atlanta's not going to do anything. I think New Orleans with them signing Derek Carr, the fans should be happy. The Saints are going to be relevant at least for the next four years in that division. Do I think they win anything outside of the division? Maybe a playoff game here or there. Um, I don't think they're going to beat some of these other NFC teams, but it made it interesting. And the Saints about two days ago, we're really not that interesting. So once he's fallen now, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of pieces. You get the news today about the Ravens that their contract negotiations will probably go right up to the deadline. There's even reports coming out from NFL.com and NFL Network that they think they're going to go to a tagging situation and tagging Lamar Jackson. I don't know how that's going to bode well for anybody. I'm not quite sure if he plays under that tag or he sits out and that puts a cloud o over the team. Who knows? If he leaves, I think he goes to the Jets. That's just my honest opinion. I think he goes to the Jets. I heard today on Colin Coward that Jimmy Garoppolo is in order to go to the go to the Raiders. So it's going to be fun to see over these next two weeks what really happens from an NFL free agency. The Chiefs talk about releasing Frank Clark not franchise tagging Orlando Brown. Bud Dupree is expected to be released from the Titans. Is that someone the Chiefs go after within the AFC? Does he go back to Pittsburgh? There's been some fun things to, to see about franchise tagging and working out deals. Where does Aaron Rodgers go? Does he go back to Green Bay and does he take the Jets? And if he goes to the Jets, now do the Ravens really have a trade partner? I don't know. All that's going to be really interesting to see. But congratulations to Derek Carr. Way to go to a good 
franchise over the last 10 years and have a chance to really show people what you can yeah, do. Yeah, man, that's that's great. I agree. And also, let's not forget uh, Geno Smith. He got his paycheck today. Uh, Geno Smith signs a three-year extension with the Seattle Seahawks. Three years, $105 million. I believe uh, over 50 of that is guaranteed. For him to be the comeback player of the year and to get that contract, I know for him personally, that just has to feel great to be able to come into that situation and everyone thinking that, you know, that the Seahawks are not going to be good and they, you know, actually end up playing a lot better than what people thought that they would. And for him to win that comeback player of the year was great for him. I tell you what, man, uh, I, I think Lamar ends up in Atlanta. I don't know why. Yeah, I just have a feeling because a lot of people don't realize um, there are two franchise tags that you can apply. The Everyone's used to the normal franchise tag. The second tag is you can tag the player and then they can still negotiate with other teams. And then if the team that tagged you... Still yeah, so I think... The old tag I and believe, trade. I believe it's going to be a tag and trade with Atlanta. If you think about that... That puts Atlanta back into the conversation. And if he goes to Atlanta, that's going to be a really good to see who wins that division between the Saints and, and the Falcons. Because it, I think Saints have a better team, but I, I think him being there at Atlanta and that spark he would give, you know, with uh, the players that, that they have there as well. I mean, I mean, and, and who knows? And, and who also knows? for Lamar, it's really good because he would, would, if he goes to Atlanta, he plays in a dome and the majority of the teams that they play in their conference are either in a dome or warm weather. So again, for him, especially as a, you know, we talk about how it affects passers, but you know, when you're playing in the snow and the rain as a runner, you know, that, that, that definitely affects you. So if he's, well, yeah, exactly. So if, if he, is playing in a dome and the majority of the games that he's playing is in a dome or warm weather climate areas that definitely bodes well for him and his ability to run the ball. What I love about this time of year is not just the free agency, but as it comes with the combine and it comes with the NFL draft, it just changes every dynamic because if there's now a player that someone thinks they can draft and remember, I, I said this four weeks ago, remember when I talked about Anthony Richardson from Florida? Yes. He balled out in hundred percent. He's big, strong, and he's going to be cheap. So if the Ravens are talking to these teams and think like, okay, maybe trading Lamar, we get not only a good player back, tag and trade him, but we may get picks and get draft capital. And if we do that, I don't believe with Mel Kuyper, I don't think Anthony Richardson goes in the top 10. I just don't. I think he's going to be in the 15 to 20 range. And that's about where the Ravens would pick. I think if they needed to trade up, almost like a Patrick Mahomes situation, hey, I need to get him at 12 because someone's going to take him. I think Anthony Richardson, I'm not going to badmouth Lamar like that. I'm not a fan. I'm not saying Anthony Richardson would come in and do exactly what Lamar does. But I do believe he would be very similar. And he's on a rookie deal. So now all that money and draft capital and and cap room that you have You've got this athletic quarterback that does pretty much the same thing as Lamar. You'd be able to sell the fans on potential, especially if Anthony Richardson comes out, has a decent year, throws, you know, 21 touchdowns, eight picks, but runs for 10. Now you've got, okay, we've got money. We can go get receivers. We still have, uh, what's that big boy? The one I like, Mark Andrews, the tight end. He's really good. We still have players there. 
Lamar Jackson's situation is the one that I'm paying attention to the most because I think that situation is going to be very interesting. And it will be kind of anticlimactic if he just re-signs with the Ravens. It's the one as a football fan that I like to pay attention to because there's so many avenues that it could go down. Like you talked about a tag and trade or just trading them or signing them or who do they go get in the draft or other free agency that they find. It's just going to be interesting to me. Yeah, I – yeah, I agree, man. I think that uh, I will say the cat from Florida, the quarterback, uh, what's his name again? I did not realize he was that fast. Like, I know he was big and athletic. Dude ran a 4-4, and I was like – And he's and, huge. He's like Cam Newton's uh, size. But I will faster. say, I, 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 I do not – I understand the Cam Newton comp. I don't like it because I think he's faster, and I think he throws the ball better. So I think – it is a disservice to him to say Cam Newton, even though I, I totally get the comp because he's big, he's strong, he's fast. But I think personally, I think that he throws the ball a, a lot better than Cam. And I think that his ceiling throwing the ball, he could get to a, an elite level if he pushed himself to do so. And if you took a guy with his athletic ability and he learns to really spin that thing, dude, Lord help us all because that would be one of the most – amazingly athletic quarterbacks well, for all these young quarterbacks mitch i mean what happens with chicago do they stay with justin Fields? is someone going to go up and get cj stroud they talk about the jared goff angle is detroit close enough to move up and go get a quarterback bryce young came in way smaller than what he's listed as which everyone knew that you could watch him play and knew he wasn't some six foot one 220 pound guy right he came in at 510 and about 204 it's like He's not a big body, great passer, but he's going to need something like a Drew Brees, a good team around him. And Bryce Young is going to have to learn to not run. When you're that little and you're playing against these F-250s <laughs> out there, you just can't run like that. Like Lamar needs to learn that. Patrick Mahomes has done a great job with that. He runs when he has to. And even when he runs, he doesn't go lower his shoulder into people. He goes to the sideline. You want to play for a long time, you got to avoid that D-line. Everybody knows that. <laughs> you ain't lying. You got to avoid that D-line and them linebackers because them linebackers, I mean, they're, you know, I w- they're a little lighter than what they used to be, but they're 220, 230, 240. Oh, dude, but just at, did you see Leo Chanel climb Oh, my bus? gosh, yes. That was insane. And he's not even a top-tier, like, linebacker right now. And he was inebriated. Do you know how much – just marvel that is that he leaped up like that and climbed and made it look like he was doing parkour (laughs) and he's probably 225 pounds and just solid like yeah a quarterback at 510 and a half and 204 you're gonna be smart to hit the floor (laughs) that's just slide make sure you're not running i can't wait for this nfl season to come up i think there's so much fun things, and it's always uh it's always fun to talk about so yeah i agree just really quick, so you think, so you think that um, uh, Lamar is going to probably go somewhere? So do, do you think that Rodgers ends up going back to Green Bay? To me, in my opinion, I think his best fit is the Jets. I feel like if he goes to the Jets, I think they're instant playoff contenders. And if he plays to what he's capable of playing, then they're not only playoff contenders; they're competing for an AFC championship. See, I I think the Jets he he's good, but I think with how loaded the AFC is. I don't think so. I, I think he would not even win his division. I, I still think, you think Buffalo. So? Yeah, I still think Buffalo. I don't think you're going to see the Josh Allen that you saw this year. I think he's going to go back to the year before. 
clean up some of his mechanics. Um, I think New England is really, really an interesting fit because there's rumors that New England may go after Lamar Jackson. And that's a whole nother conversation we can have from another podcast. But Aaron Rodgers, I think, is just – he's going to be like Peyton Manning to me. I think the cliff that he's going to hit is big. I don't think he's going to have a gradual decline like Tom Brady. Okay. I think he was the MVP last year or two years ago. This last year he was decent but not great. Everyone wanted to complain about his weapons. He's really only going to get one weapon on the Jets, and that's Garrett Wilson. I mean, outside of Garrett Wilson, who would you really say is a great skill position player for them? Their their running back is young, but he's coming off an ACL. Brees yeah, Hall. I just I I love their defense. I think their defense is legit. Yeah, I'm I think defense can keep you in there, but I don't think their defense would really make noise in the playoffs against a Mahomes or a Burrow. And I think the Jaguars. Bro, you. I mean, Jags, Burrow, Mahomes. Okay. You've got all the, and I think the Steelers are going to shock some people in the oh. AFC North. I think Kenny Pickett's going to come out, have a not not a, not some MVP like year, very solid year. You don't ever doubt the bug-eyed Mike Tomlin <laughs> looks like he's looking at your soul with that Jesus cross on his chest. He's coming to sear through you, boy. And some of his speeches, man, they remind me like Ray right. Lewis. I would run through a wall. Oh yeah, guy. absolutely. Hey, I got a real quick super hot take. This coming up football season, Jags will be the number two seed in the playoffs. Ooh, that's a spicy one. So I like that. So, so yeah, because yep. All right, let's, let's move on. Okay, so to end the podcast, like we always do every single episode, we like to do some fun stuff and get you guys thinking. And we love that we say things that might get you guys to completely disagree with us, and that's okay. So we are going to talk about the top five current NBA superstar duos right now in the NBA. And I'm going to start off with mine, but I'm going to start off with number five Okay, for me. I've got coming in at five, and this was really difficult for me. If, if we did a top ten, it would have been easy, but I've left out some controversial people. Agreed. But that's part of what agrees. So number five, I got coming in Luca and Kyrie. I know that they are brand new, but offensively, when they're hitting on all cylinders, that game a couple days ago, it was just fun to watch. I mean, they were he's dropping 40, he's dropping 31. Kyrie was in his bag. Kyrie's finger roll could get somebody pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing, but I'm serious. Kyrie, his handles are smooth man his handles are very white they just whoop i mean that finger roll he did the other day on a yo-yo it was it was gorgeous it, it was gorgeous and luca doing his thing i know they're young i know they haven't been around each other but seven games and really probably only played like four luca and Kyrie are my number five number four i think it's going to be controversial because many people don't consider him to be a superstar but i think he's severely underrated Number four, I got Giannis and Chris Middleton. Oh! So they've proven it. They've won a championship together. Chris Middleton played extremely well during that run. Um, I do think he is a little spotty, and that's why they may not give him the superstar title. But I do think as far as duos go, Giannis and Chris Middleton are my number four. My number three is Jason Tatum and Brown. I think they Jalen Brown, those are my number three. Young, 
you know, wing defenders. They're great offensively. They're who I consider to be my number three. They saucy though. Number two saucy, is going to be bro. they saucy. They are saucy, man. Number two is going to be a little controversial because they've won a lot of rings together, but they're getting old, a little long in the tooth. But I'm going to say Steph and Clay. <laughs> Steph and Clay to me are the two best duo in the NBA right now when they're healthy. Um, I just think, yes, they may lack defensively, but what they've accomplished as shooters, no one expected that to be done in the league. And then this year, as we've talked about, they're coming. You know, they're making that run. Steph came back in the right time, last 17 games or so, to really dig deep. Number one, I'm really only picking this because of the ultimate respect that I have for Durantula, the Slim Reaper, whatever you want to call him. Durant and Devin Booker are my number one NBA current superstar duo in the league. They're scary. Kevin Durant is a unicorn. He can make shots from anywhere. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hand, which is very unique for a superstar. He can play off ball. He can run pin downs. He can take you off the ISO. He is just really fun to watch. And then you add Devin Booker, who could drop 71 on you any given night, 60. Um, Do I think Phoenix is going to struggle with the lack of their bench? Yes, I do. But as far as just pure duos, that would be my top five. Mitch, what do you got? Boy, let me tell you, we agree on a lot of these. And ironically, I we match up on all of them except for one. And if I had to have an honorable mention, my honorable mention would be Giannis and Chris Middleton because they've done it together. But the only reason why I didn't put them in my top five is because uh, Chris Middleton has been hurt this year. I, I think he's only I think he's only played like I think maybe 20, 30 games. And so for me, um, they were my honorable mention. In no particular order, I have KD and Devin Booker. Like you said, in my opinion, I feel like KD is the best offensive player to ever play in the NBA period. I think he can do whatever he wants, when he wants, and how he wants to do it. And when you add another stud, a guard, Devin Booker, like you said, he's the type of dude that can drop 50, 60 on your head. Like it's nothing any any time of day or night any game. Uh, I I love that that duo. Uh, next I got Jason Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, I love those guys. Like I said, I think they're super saucy. They're young. I think um, they're going to continue to play really well together. And I I also feel like they're both elite um, scorers of the basketball. So I have them. Uh, next on my list, I got James Harden and Embiid. Uh, I really like those guys for the 76ers. I mean, as much as people don't want to, as much as people want to hate, hate James Harden has one of the filthiest, nastiest step backs you've ever seen in your life. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Embiid is one of the, if not the best, one of the best big man in uh, the NBA. He is just absolutely solid every single year he i mean i'm i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure mb's averaging over like he's like averaging like 24 25 points a game uh next on my list i got luka and kyrie uh like you said kyrie in my opinion has the best handles ever in the nba period um i i don't think it's close like you said when that man is in his bag i don't think nobody can touch him he is just that good and uh with him with luka i think 
if Luca continues on the trend that he's on, I think that he's probably, in my opinion, the only one in the NBA right now that has a shot to to break LeBron's scoring all time scoring record um, that he just broke this, this year. I think Luca could do it, um, but I do think in that same breath, I think Luca's going to have to make a decision on whether he wants to break the scoring record or have a chance to or win, win championships. And so I feel. He's going to have to make that decision. I I hope he picks championships because if he does, I think that'll work out better for him. But he's just an absolute tear on the court. You know, like James Harden, he's got a nasty sit back. And, and when he's in his bag on the offensive side of the court, I mean, he's just so hard to stop. And then last and certainly not least, like I said, Three, four weeks ago on the podcast, I tried to tell everybody when they was number nine and number 10, I said, y'all better hope that Seth don't come back healthy and they get going because the avalanche is coming. The avalanche has started last, but certainly not least, Steph and Clay. Arguably, Steph is the best three-point shooter ever in NBA history. Uh, you could argue Clay is up there as well. When you have those two guys on the court and they are in the go mode and they're hitting shots, it's not, it's not, you're not going to stop them. It's, we hope they miss because them two together, if they get going, they will drop 60 on you so quick. You, you could be in a game with them and, and they're down 10 at halftime. They come out in the third quarter third quarter and then you're five ten minutes in, and all of a sudden they're up 10 it's like well what just happened what's well, the avalanche that i predicted weeks ago as you can tell i'm awfully proud of that because at the time when i said this i believe they were either the nine or ten seed when we talked about our sleepers for the nba and steph and clay have not disappointed and like i said the west better hope they they don't continue to get hot because if they do with with them two draymond and i'll tell you what jordan Poole. Man, he is really stepping up, and he is. I tell you what, man, he is. I feel like I feel like he's a little underrated. I really like Jordan Poole. If they get going, I think their size is going to hurt them, though. That that's where they're going to run in when the playoffs slow down, and they do. That where defense matters a little bit more, and your half court sets matter. Um, I do think that's where Golden State has the potential to be exposed. Um, by by Denver. Well, speaking of Denver, actually, so I noticed that you didn't have him on yours, and I didn't have him on mine. So Embiid and Harden were my follow up. Okay, but did did you have? I did not have Jokic. I I almost did, but I also to me it's not a duo. They have a trio, and if I remember correctly. Um, so you have Jokic, who's averaging like 24, 25. You have Jamal Murray averaging like 22, 23. And then you have my boy, Michael Porter Jr., M-I-Z, averaging like 18. So he ain't your boy. You only played for five minutes. You already said it earlier. Hey, hey. He ain't your boy. First of all, first of all don't be disrespectful now. Don't be disrespectful. And like I was saying, so you have two guys averaging oh. Two guys averaging over 20 points a game. And then you have a third guy that's averaging almost 20 points a game. I think that's why they're so good is because it's not just two guys. They have they have a third guy that is playing really well at, at the right time and is just putting up points and just being a dog, to be completely honest, on the team. Yeah, they're probably the most complete team. And that is exactly the reason why I didn't put him as a duo mm-hmm. is 
I don't really know who who Joker's Robin is. Exactly, exactly. Like other guys, you could definitely say they are truly a duo on their team. Denver is so well rounded. It's really here's Jokic up top, Joker, and everybody else is kind of just part of the band. Still very important. You still got to have that bass player. You still got to have that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't seem like the other one where. Kyrie and Luca are almost like temptations, whether you got, you know, uh, David Ruffin singing or you got one of their other, uh, like Eddie singing. They're both great. Like Paul Williams could sing. Like they they almost were all great individual right. singers that just happened to the group. That's how I look at that duo is that way. But Jokic and them, it's not that way. And that's why Denver may, Denver might, Denver may win it all. I mean, just because of their You're bench right. and, and how many players they have. I just think they, they may choke again, but it's going to be interesting. Denver may come out of the West, and it might be a Denver-Milwaukee series, or it could be a Denver or a, or a uh, Celtic series. I, I mean, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see. But that's that's my top five. Yeah. And- I, I, but I'll, I'll tell you what, just really quick. Did you know that he's right now he's averaging – a triple double. Oh yeah, he, he might win a third MVP. Like right now, uh, Jokic is averaging twenty four points, eleven rebounds, and ten assists a game. Yeah, and the fact that the number one seed by a large margin, he might win MVP again. And as and that's gonna be his third, right? I think third in a row. That's why, yeah, because he went back to back. Do has has anyone won MVP three years in a row? Another white great hope, Larry Bird. <laughs> he said, "Dude, I tell you what, Larry, but the, Larry Bird don't win them all the time. They do. They come in pairs and they come in droves, man. I, I do. He was, he was, man. He was, uh, he was legit, man. You know, it's so funny. I actually just saw something this week. Uh, Gary Payton was talking about how much just trash that Larry be talking. He said Larry was one of the biggest talkers that he ever played against, man. And I just thought that was hilarious. He said something like, he said, I was guarding Larry. He said, you know what? I'm going to go right there. I'm going to shoot the three in your face. Ain't nothing you're going to do about it. And he said, sure enough, he came right down the court, got the caught the ball in the corner, and splashed it right on my head. He was the man. So I had to look this up so we're not wrong. Bird, Chamberlain, and Russell are the three players to win three consecutive years. So if Joker wins it this year, he'll be the fourth NBA player ever to win three straight MVPs. And if if you think about it, he's almost got I mean he's averaging a triple double. Like and he's the number one, his team is the number one seed uh in the conference. So to be completely honest, I don't know how he doesn't. That that ought to be really interesting to see if that happens. Well, all right. Fam, I think that's it for this episode. Chris, my brother, you know I always appreciate you. Until next week, fam, remember. Always be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about. And remember, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at That One Sports Podcast. See you next week. Peace.